0: Hi guys, Michelle Visser here. I am so excited about this second season of the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. It is really shaping up to be so much fun and just wait till you hear some of the guests that are coming up soon. This is all about going behind the scenes with online content creation to maybe just entertain you, but hopefully give you tips and inspiration. The first episode, I did some myth busting. We broke down a lot of myths, things that you might think about podcasts that are just entirely wrong. And then last episode, that was tons of fun. If you missed it, definitely go back and catch it. Kate of Venison for Dinner joined me and we chatted about pretty much, well, almost everything. (laughs) It was fantastic. Kate gave us so much insights and inspirations and broke down for us what it's like to be a content creator, and host a membership group. That was a lot of fun talking with her. Today, I just got finished recording another really fun episode, so you're going to be glad you joined us today. I talked with Lisa Bass of Farmhouse on Boone. Lisa is such a joy to follow. If you are not following her now over on Instagram, go do it, like, immediately. Lisa also has a fantastic really detailed, meaty blog, great YouTube channel, and like I said, just a beautiful Instagram feed. And she also has a podcast, The Symbol Farmhouse Life. In every one of these different venues, Lisa is inspiring folks. From things like from scratch recipes to incredible, beautiful handmade projects. I mean, she is a seamstress extraordinaire who can pretty much teach anybody to do these things. You don't have to be a seamstress to do these great projects. Lisa dives into on a regular basis. She also shows some um, farmhouse restoration details. They have a beautiful Victorian farmhouse in Missouri, and she adds in some homeschooling and some motherhood tips and some marriage insights. She and her husband, Luke are raising their six kids as well as a whole lot of food and farm animals on seven acres that even include a really cool historic silo so if you haven't already definitely go check out farmhouse on boone also if you haven't checked it out yet there is a page on my site solelyrested.com slash create that is going to give you all the details the links to follow and important information that we're going to be mentioning in each episode of this entire season, so I'm going to keep that page updated every time there's a new podcast episode published in this season. You can go to solelyrested.com/create and get all the links and all the really great stuff that we're referencing. And now, without any further ado, let's really dive in with Lisa Bass of Farmhouse on Moon. I'm Michelle Visser author of Sweet Maple and creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Solely Resting. Because sometimes the only rest you can find is in your soul. Welcome back to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast, where we talk about how to simplify our lives in the midst of modern day life, one step at a time. Let's do this together. All right, Lisa, I am so excited to be talking with you today. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, I don't I'm think I've ever kidding. talked to you in person. I know. I think maybe we've done like some messages back and forth audio on Instagram, but that's the extent of it. So, in fact, I was trying to remember. Right. Yes. How we met, and I think the original time. I mean, you know, meet. It's so weird to say today how we've met because, of course, we haven't met in real person. Yeah. But, but I think we yeah. quote unquote met. Because I, I work with Jill Winger as her marketing and project manager over at the Prairie Homestead, and I think we met through that because you were working with Jill with some projects.
1: You know, I think that is the first time. And then I was reaching out to you because of your book publisher,
0: right? Right. Yes, because that was so cool to find out. I didn't even realize it. You know, <laughs> well, publishers don't. Author, I had lots of questions. Well, and I was still new to it myself. So I don't know if I had any answers, but, (laughs) but yeah. And then we even had the same editor. Holly is, she was awesome. You knew
1: more than I did.
0: (laughs) So tell me what people who follow you, like know about you. I mean, is there like an elevator pitch about Lisa or like Lisa in a nutshell?
1: Yeah. So I i mostly at this point, I guess, known for cooking. So I share a lot of from scratch recipes I do on my YouTube channel. I will record like what we're eating all week and share that. And a lot of sourdough that kind of happened at the beginning of 2020.
0: <laughs> oh, crazy. Yes.
1: Yeah. So DIY, a little bit of homestead mixed in and lots of cooking would be what people mostly follow me for. Um, and then also, I am a blog educator, but I don't think everybody really even knows that. But, um, yeah, I mostly share food from scratch, natural living in a handmade home. That's my very short elevator pitch,
0: ok. And I know what you mean about, like, people really don't know about the backside, right? Like the backstory of what we do. And that's one reason I really wanted to do this season I'm doing because I'm pretty much just talking about what the backstory is. And I think it's something that, people are kind of interested in because it's not something we talk about very much.
1: Yeah, definitely something that people don't know a lot about. I I can tell you that because like I said I teach students to blog and when they come to my course they didn't know the half of it. Yes. <laughs> Cuz what it looks like on the internet and what actually goes on behind each post, each video is a lot different as
0: you know. Very much. Absolutely. Okay, so we know the elevator pitch about Lisa. What about Tell me something, if folks that have been following you for years and they hop over to listen to this podcast because they saw you were, you know, doing a podcast with someone else, what could you tell them that they have no idea about? Any special little secret that they would never guess about Lisa?
1: Mm, man. I feel like maybe there were some secrets, but then lately I shared this assumptions thing on my Instagram and I kind of busted all of them. (laughs) So I guess- In a nutshell, I think that something that people don't know about a lot of bloggers is that we share a very curated portion of our lives and that's okay because you can be a private person and still be on the internet and be a blogger and a vlogger. And I don't think people know that I think they see your 10 minute video or blog posts, and they think they have the whole picture, but they don't and so there's a lot of things that would probably surprise them because they just see so little of it. And sometimes I think people forget that we all only share like a curated portion.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I actually was just talking with Kate of Venison for dinner last week, and she brought up this exact same topic. And she even pointed out that it's really not fair to her family members if She's doing something that she would normally just share with her audience, but whoever she's with, a son or a daughter, whoever, don't want the audience to be part of it. So she won't share it, you know, which I thought that's a really important thing we have to always keep in check. And I'm sure you find that, too.
1: Oh, definitely. I have one daughter that's always like, I don't want to be recorded. I'm like, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. It's totally fine. And I'm actually leaving my kids out of it more and more. And you can you can be very private because you're just sharing. You don't have to share it all. And I don't know, I think that's becoming more apparent to me in these like last year or so, especially as, I don't know, it seems like you can't say anything, right?
0: I know. <laughs> you know what? I, know. I don't have to. I don't have yeah. to share it all. Exactly. Totally. And you know what? You don't, you, nobody wants to hear it all, right? They, they don't want well, right. to know every aspect.
1: So exactly. Yeah. yeah. They don't, they don't see you when you're waking up in the morning, when yeah. you're going to bed at night, you know? Yeah.
0: Yep. And like I said, nobody wants to see that. (laughs) Not for me. Exactly. No, they don't. So so yeah, like I said, one of my goals with this season was to just get a little peek into that other side of one of somebody's favorite creator, you know, content creator, and also to like give them some encouragement. Cause I know a few people reach out to me from time to time, and I'm sure you get a lot more of this since you, this is part of your gig educating people about how to be a content creator, but people will reach out to me every once in a while and, ask questions about, well, how did that work? Or how do you do that? Or how do you make any money from that thing that you did? And I know that there's people that are thinking about, is this something I could do, you know, that, that are following you or I? And this whole idea, because it is so confusing to people, I thought maybe, I mean, can you, I know that you made a full-time income out of Farmhouse on Boone and your brand. I mean, so much that Luke has come home and he helps you do what you're doing with Farmhouse on Boone, yes?
1: Yes. Yes. He's been home. He'll be, it'll be three years in May.
0: Wow. That's so awesome. Okay. So very briefly, I mean, I know it's hard, but (laughs) can you give us just a little insight into how you make an income?
1: Yeah. So it's changed over the years. So when Luke first came home from his job, our income relied on ads on the blog, ads on the YouTube channel and affiliate marketing. So just affiliate links for people who don't know are when You get a special tracking link from a company and you refer to them to something and then you get a commission for it. So that can range from linking on Amazon over to something more private where a friend of yours has a course and wants you you to promote that or a private company. Mm -hmm. Those were our three income sources at the time. Now, after Luke came home from his job, I spent the summer creating my first course. And so now I earn an income from selling my digital course. And then I started doing some brand partnerships. The key with blogging income is diversification. It really is because different things fluctuate. So like in the beginning of the year, you get paid less per impression for an ad, but at the end of the year, that, that goes up. But then at the beginning of the year, it seems like people are more interested in, like, if you have a healthy eating Uh, ebook or some kind of course to better themselves. They're more interested in that at that time. So it really is seasonal. And you want to have something that can be marketed at any time of the year. And they'll always be fluctuating, but in a way that as long as you have a lot of diversification, it's always
0: okay. Definitely. In fact, even just on the homepage of your blog, I know that you take this very thing into effect and you are always changing things by what the season is and what people can easily find when they come to your page right
1: because yeah it's always they're always looking for something different there's always a, a post that's at the top or a post that everybody's searching for on pinterest and it changes you know based on time of the year and yeah what we're going through like during the beginning of 2020 everybody was obsessed with sourdough because
0: mm-hmm. they couldn't get
1: yeast and bread
0: yeah so yeah, yeah. so would you say that this world of content creator is something easy, something anybody could do, something most people would enjoy doing?
1: I would say that it isn't easy. I do think that anybody can do it, but I think that it takes a level of commitment that most people aren't willing to do, but the ones that I've seen be really committed to it definitely can always do it. It's not about being particularly talented, really. It's not, it's more about being committed to being consistent and then doing, you know, all the check and all the boxes on, you know, promoting everything. And there's a lot that goes into it, Absolutely, <laughs> but yeah, oh, it is I definitely agree. something
0: anybody can do. I yeah. agree. And I think, like you said, consistency, there's so much to that. And you hear that a lot, but it's really true. You hear it a lot because it's true. And I think one reason it's so important to be consistent is you often don't take yourself seriously as far as a boss, you know, if if, yeah. if you're actually hired by somebody, you're going to do what you have to do by Friday, you know.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's really hard to take yourself seriously in the beginning of creating content because you have that self doubt because you're not even talking to anybody yet, and so yeah. it almost feels just so weird that you're just you know talking like you're actually talking to somebody, and there's two people there, and so you have to get over that stage where you feel like you're just an imposter, you know, like you don't actually have the skills. You don't have anything to teach anybody. Nobody's listening. Getting past that is probably the hardest part, honestly.
0: I agree. And, and depending on your situation, it can go on for a little while and to, you have to have yeah. the fortitude to stick with it, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It really helps to set out some kind of goal in the beginning and then decide that this is something I'm going to do as if it's my job, as if there's a boss hanging over me yep. and then, Just press forward with the plan, no matter what happens.
0: Absolutely. Now I know that you've already mentioned a little bit, but I love your resources that you have. I mean, you have fabulous classes that I so wish when I started this thing long ago (laughs) that I could have just taken your classes because I think I would have been four years ahead of the game. It took me a long time of Googling and wanted a little one time, one little (laughs) tiny thing, and a a little tiny thing, you know. But you've like wrapped it all up together and. I know that you have a masterclass that folks can jump in and try out anytime. So, I mean, tell us tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, so I did create a full program after I'd been blogging for about two and a half years and my husband was home because just like you, I spent probably a good year doing all the wrong things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had yeah. absolutely no idea what I was doing, which I think most bloggers do. Yep. But uh, yeah, I created a program to solve that issue and then I have a one hour free masterclass where I talk about a lot of the mistakes that people make in the beginning and how to start off on the right foot, because it it's easy to instantly go down the wrong path. And I get people in my course all the time who already kind of started on the wrong path, but they're not far enough along to not correct it, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to definitely leave links to all of your resources because you are a plethora of knowledge in all things learning how to be a content creator. So I'm going to leave links to all of that in the show notes for this episode so people can find you easily. And I also want to point out that in your courses, you really go into the technical side too. Like for me, I, I'm a language arts kind of girl, so I have no trouble with the writing and creating content and I'm a people person, so I love to like do Instagram stories and all of that. but. The technical side gets me every (laughs) time. In Mm -hmm. fact, I explained in the first episode of this season on my podcast that I hadn't yet brought any guests on in my first season because I hadn't figured out the technical side yet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I do want everybody Uh to know that you are great at helping with that too. You like go over all the different bases. So
1: now I know that. Yeah, that's really tricky in the beginning.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. And I know that you go over a long list of like common mistakes that you see from new, by the way, I don't think we've said, you have actually two courses that you offer as a bundle. One focuses on blogging and one focuses on YouTubing, which you are an expert at both. I love your YouTube channel. Um, Well, thank you. Well, of course. So if, if you had to just say one or two things that pop into your mind right as soon as you were asked the question, What's the biggest mistake that a newbie blogger or a, or a newbie YouTuber does? What would you say? Well,
1: first, I would say that I feel like a lot of people first focus on creating content that you almost have to be famous for somebody to want to see or read. Mm, Whereas I point. focus or I teach to focus on searchable content at first. Mm -hmm. Now, it's hard because you look at people who are further along in the journey sharing other things, but they already have that audience built up. And I built up my audience in the beginning with just strictly searchable stuff that really helped people. And then once I started getting a base of audience, I could venture out into being a little bit more artsy and sharing my life and my day. Whereas in the beginning, I just literally did things that people would search for with keywords, both on the blog, and on the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And then the other is just really basic technical thing, but people start out on Squarespace, Wix, and you have to use wordpress.org. People do not like that I say that, but it's just true.
0: Yeah. You know, I actually, I am so- That's my, yeah. Yeah, I was saying I'm not a technical person. I have to say, I am so thankful for WordPress and I am so thankful that when I was homeschooling my daughters and they were first getting into tech stuff when they were like middle school age, that we were in this great program with science for our school that taught them how to use WordPress. And if it wasn't for that, I probably would never have learned it. But once I did Uh that, and, you know, seriously, middle schoolers can easily learn it. Of course, why am I saying that? Because middle schoolers are brilliant with tech, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. But yeah, once you just get a little bit comfortable with it, I think WordPress is just a gem. It's amazing how you can know zero code, but you can really build a nice blog with WordPress.
1: Yeah, you can build anything. And it's harder at first. It really is. I made the mistake. I was on Squarespace for... About a year and a half. And then I realized I couldn't customize it with plugins. I had things I wanted to do that I couldn't do. My mm-hmm. site speed wasn't good. My SEO wasn't good. Yeah. So I just have to really just tell people that it's very important. And then, you know, I know that yeah. sounds just like a little technical thing, but it's important.
0: No, I totally hundred percent agree with you on that one. So if someone is listening and they're thinking, you know, i wanted to kind of dip my toe in, I, I really like to try being a content creator and eventually get some income at this, where would you suggest they start? I mean, you kind of hinted at this already, but like, do you have a square one that you always recommend to people?
1: Well, it really depends on what they want to do because YouTube is a great place. Blogging is a great place and building building out a following on Instagram is a great place, but you can't do them all at once. I recommend starting one, working on it, focusing on it, and then moving on to the other while you kind of already have that plate spinning. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think they work really well in conjunction, but I never could focus on any one of them, you know, or any two or three of them at the same time. I always just picked one to really focus on, but it depends on what kind of business model someone wants to do. So do you want to focus more on affiliate marketing? Are you really outgoing and you feel like you could build an audience on YouTube who's interested in your personality do you have a lot of technical type of things to share? You know, it depends on what you're good at, but yeah. I always recommend having a blog. Some people only do Instagram, only do YouTube. But if you don't have a blog, you don't have any home base to send people. That's
0: exactly what I was just going to say. Yes. Yeah. I agree.
1: Capture their e- email. Yeah. What if something happens? I don't know. What if, what if, I, I don't know what could, you know, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, I totally. know. <laughs> you always uh, yes. have that home
1: base, <laughs> that hub on the internet Yes. And it it just, it makes sense, I think, for everyone to have that website.
0: I agree. Even if they're not going to be using it a lot, it's just a wheelhouse for all of your information that you can store there and send people there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, do you think, I like what you're saying, and I agree that if, for me, at least, if I tried to focus on too many things, not only would I just not do well at any of them, but I would get discouraged, but do you think that there is something to be said for kind of building them together in a way to have your blog and your YouTube channel working together or your Instagram, like you just said, and sending them over to your blog to get their email. Yes,
1: I definitely do. And I did Oh, well, not always, but I've had a lot of them going in conjunction at the same time, but I've noticed that like my first year I focused really hard on Instagram. And then once you're at a certain almost momentum and follower amount it seems to grow sort of on its own. And then I did the same thing with YouTube. I focused hard on it for about a year. I focused hard on Facebook for about a year. So they're always, they were always going in the back burner, but just putting the focus on actually building them to a point of momentum. Yeah. I think that definitely helps to do them like that.
0: Yeah. That's a great point. And like you said, they're still spinning in the background, but you're really paying attention to one thing at a time. And I think that helps a lot. That's a great point.
1: Yeah. And people too need to realize like, you know, you've been on, you've probably been blogging or on the internet for over five years. I've been on for over five years. So the things that we've built up at this point, it's not realistic to have yours at that point anytime soon. It's just a process.
0: Totally. Absolutely. And you know what? It's like, it's hard work, but it's also a fun process and it feels crazy when you get to that 5 year mark and you look back and you remember oh how long was i writing and it was literally my cousin and my mom yeah. reading it you know <laughs>
1: yes. oh yeah exactly yeah, absolutely it is it is but it is fun the whole time especially if you're sharing something that you're really interested in
0: exactly and it's so fun to kind of almost be learning as you're going and your audience is kind of, you know, learning with you as you're learning. It it spurs me on to do things I probably wouldn't do if I wasn't creating content along with it, if that makes sense. Oh yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So any final words of wisdom for anyone listening? Who's like, you know what? Lisa's convinced me. This sounds fun. I could do this. What big word of wisdom would you leave them with?
1: I would say that don't be a perfectionist. <laughs> that mm. is where almost Are every- you,
0: You're a perfectionist, right? stops.
1: I'm really not. No? I No, I'm really not. Like I can put out, I don't know. I put out things. I have a certain goal of content per week with at least the YouTube and blog. Instagram's kind of like whatever I get done, I get done. Okay. But yeah. with the other ones. And so even if something isn't perfect, it's still going to go out. hmm because it's more important for me to meet those goals. And I think people really forget that you're going to learn over time, not to overthink the whole business. Like don't think, where am I going to be exactly in five years? What products am I going to be selling? I would just focus on literally the first thing. What is the first thing? Do that. Maybe make a goal of just write it out for the whole year. Like I'm going to do this in January, February, March, and just focus on that month on that one thing and don't let your mind wander because if the big picture is way too big. That's at least my advice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good point. Well, I think, I still think I'm right though. I think that you are a perfectionist, Lisa. I think you're a perfectionist about your goal setting. <laughs>
1: Okay. That is true. (laughs) I don't usually let my goals slip.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You are, you churn it out beautifully and I love everything that you churn out and you do a fantastic job. Thank you so much for sharing a few minutes and your awesome thoughts with us to encourage us and inspire us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a ton of fun. Thanks, Lisa. So I hope you guys enjoyed that chat with Lisa as much as I did. I mean, she really is a genuinely awesome lady and she's inspiring and she's really good at teaching others to be able to do what she does and be a content creator. So definitely, if you want to know more about her courses, check out the show notes or remember that page solelyrested.com create, where you will find links to everything related to what we've been talking about this season. Meanwhile, I want to be sure to give a shout out and a big thank you to today's listener. Tamian's left a review over on iTunes. By the way, if you have a second to do that, I would so greatly appreciate it. I'm still just trying to get this podcast really rolling, and a lot of people don't know of the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. And one great way to get them to listen is if there's a few reviews, telling them it's worth listening to. So if you have a second to do that, I would greatly appreciate it. Tamian's says, gives me great ideas. I love that Michelle has such great ideas for different things. I've been wanting to expand my gardens with flowers and I wasn't sure what to do. Now that I know making flavored sugar is so easy, I will be planning an edible flower garden. Thanks for helping me make up my mind. Tamians, I'm so glad you left that review because I absolutely love talking about lilac, everything and anything, and all kinds of edible flowers that make amazing syrups and sugars. Um, If you are listening and would like to know how to access that information, if you go to solelyrested.com, you will see one of my main categories on the homepage is garden. You can go under garden and see all kinds of things that I share for inspiration and tips on great gardening. You also can just do a simple search with the search finder for, I was going to say syrups, but that will probably mainly bring up a lot of maple syrup. I write a whole lot about our maple syrup operation here in our New England sugar bush and small homestead. Um, But you could put lilac. In the search engine and that will bring up everything i've written about lilac sugar and lilac syrup and i believe through that it will take you to everything else too so thank you tamians and i'm so glad that you joined me here on the podcast i really i i love doing this and i of course wouldn't have any reason to do it if there was nobody listening so thank you so much for being here guys And please go follow this podcast on your favorite podcast player so that you'll have notification of all the upcoming inspiration headed your way this season.